Hello, welcome to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells. Today I have with me Chad Salen. Hello, everyone. Great to be back here again with you all. Great to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Noah. No problem. Uh, just so everyone knows, it's August 6th. I don't know what's been going on with you guys, but just plugging away. August 6th, 12 noon Mountain Standard Time. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, I'm going to jump right into it. Um, I wrote this down a couple months ago, so I just wanted to, uh, I, I shared it with Chad and we both said, hey, let's just do a podcast on it. So that's what we're going to do. Perfect. So this is what I wrote down. Um, I said, God created us. I believe all of us believe that, I would hope. I would hope. <laughs> and I said, and God created us to fail. So why, when we fail, we think God won't accept us anymore? Mm. Then I wrote, God did not create us to be a disappointment, but to be a object of his love. And then I just put one more thing. We are all flawed. Yeah. So my question to you, Chad, is I have people, you know, talk to me about it. I know I've dealt with it with my own life. Why do you think we, as Christians, make failure such a big thing? Around failure? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a great question. And um, I think uh, I've heard this phrase before. And, uh, and I don't know if your dad said it or who said it, but the, the greatest Christian struggle is the struggle not to struggle because mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. there, there really isn't a struggle. Yeah. Um, and so maybe let's, let's talk about it just based off that framework. The greatest Christian struggle is the struggle not to struggle because mm -hmm. yeah, there, 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 I mean, if you think about it, there, there really is no struggle because God, God has uh, our plan A. Um, in our lives and, and, and he knows exactly where we're going from start to finish. Yes. And so God doesn't get worked up about things because he can see how it ends. Um, but because we don't necessarily fully trust God mm -hmm. with our lives, because the more trust you have with God um, or the more trust you have in God and his plan for you, um, the less pressure and stress you feel. Yes. Um, right. And so, and so um, that's why God's never concerned because he's never worried because he, he knows, he knows our beginning and our end. But if we could trust that he has us from start to finish, mm -hmm. you know, and by finish, I mean, when we exit earth, um, then, then we wouldn't uh, fear so many things. And so like failure. Um, and, and listen, that, that's, that's all counseling ministry is. It's, it's people really, they're coming in because they're struggling that they couldn't succeed at something, mm -hmm. you know, they, 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 in some way, shape or form, they feel like failures. And so, um, you and I, in, in, in counseling people are dealing with that on a daily basis. And so we're, we're hearing it all the time. So that's why I thought it'd be a fun podcast to do um, just because we're, we're dealing with it constantly, even in our own lives. Yeah. I mean, over these past number of months, you know, I've, I've just really, I got, uh, I have teenage daughters and, uh, and, um, and man, I mean, I, I just been struggling with uh with dealing as a failure as a dad and and the uh, could haves would haves and should haves you know and um 
Um, but but that that shows a flaw in my belief system, um, at least in in you know what what I what I really believe here is not quite made it here, at least in this area of parenting. Right. And um, and so so I'd like to deal with that first part of that that sentence that you said. Um, God created us to fail because I, I can see how some people probably have a problem with that statement. Well, God didn't create us to fail. Right. But but you have to think about it. Let, 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 let's think about that at, at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Because as I said to you earlier, earlier Noah, when you when you you know mentioned that sentence that that you were thinking about a couple months back um, that we're dealing with here today, um, if we don't fail, then then there's no need to exit Earth and go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't fail, then why do we need Jesus? Exactly. Right. And so and so, and I refuse to believe Jesus was an afterthought. Yeah. Oh crap! This happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we need a new plan. Okay, Jesus, you're it. You know, he he wasn't an afterthought. Um, he was always the thought, mm-hmm. and uh, and and Jesus wasn't Plan B. He was always Plan A. Yeah. And so, and so now, was that an act of uh, of meanness on God's part, or you know, um, God just playing a big joke that He created us to fail? No. Um, because we have to look back to me, um, and and I'm trying not to delve into too much too much depth here for the sake of time of the podcast. But God was so genius, and I mean, even talking about it with you, this is a great reminder for me today, and I can't help but smile because I see the genius in God's plan. Yeah, I, I mean, it's absolutely genius. Okay, so let's back up to Lucifer, mm-hmm. who was this absolutely gorgeous, beautiful angel. Mm-hmm. Right, called the Morning Star, right, and and again, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here um, um, to make it into a bit of a story. But let let's Lucifer. He had just beautiful angel, and uh, and so essentially, he wakes up in the mirror one morning, looks at himself, and says, "Man, look at me! Look at how great I am! Look at my glory! Yeah, you know, I, man, I could be God too." And and well make a long story short, we know Lucifer didn't have any glory. He was just living in someone else's. Right. And it was, it was Father God, right? God the Father. And, uh, and so Lucifer tried to take God's glory, and God says, man, you're not, you're not safe for my kingdom, right? And, and so, so it says, you know, Lucifer and a, and a third of the angels, they say, um, you know, which is what we call the devil and his demons today, you know, fallen angels, Right, God boots him out of heaven. So here's the thought, right? So a long story to get to the point. So if if angels could try to take God's glory, mm-hmm. then how much more would a being would a being made in his likeness try to take it? Because it doesn't say angels were made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that anywhere in scripture. In Genesis 1 26 and, and, and verse 27, chapter 1, 26 and 27. Um, it says that we are male and female are made in his likeness. We are made in his image. Mm-hmm. So you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. So a being not made in your likeness tries to take your glory. Yeah. How much more will a being made in your likeness in your image try to take it? God, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But he does the most genius, most brilliant, most wisest thing ever. God says, you know what? I'm going to create an earth, 
Mm. There's going to be heaven and an earth, and I'm going to put human beings on it, right? right? To, so they can discover two things, really. One, there is a God, and two, you're not him. <laughs> right? And so, and how are we going to discover that without failure? Yeah. Right? How are we going to discover that without experiencing weakness? Yeah. Right? So it's actually an act of love. It's not an act of hate or, or God just having a fun plan with us and saying, oh, man, how can I get them today? How can I make them suffer today? It was an act of love because he was safeguarding his glory because we're protected in that glory. We're, we're actually living at peace, living under the one who's greater than us, mm. right? Having someone who's in charge of it all, right? Having somebody who's responsible, yeah, right? That, that's why a kid gets so much out of life because they know mom and dad are taking care of it, mm-hmm. right? They're responsible. And so... And so if we could live like that, right? Kids fail. Yeah. Right? I mean, do you pound your kid in the ground when they fail? No. No, right? I mean, when they slip and make a wrong move on the playground and fall and hurt themselves, do you beat them down a little more and say, hey, did you learn your lesson? Yeah. You know? No, we pick them up, we dust them off, we hug them. You know, you okay? And all we say is, hey, maybe you should just be a little more careful. Put your foot there next time so you don't hurt yourself again. Yeah. Right. And, and to me, that's just what God does with us. So it's not an act of, of meanness. Um, I can't think of a, <laughs> I can't think of a better word than meanness right now. So, um, you know, a cruelty, yeah, it's not an act of cruelty. Yeah. Yes. Um, on God's part to, to say that God created us to fail. It's actually an act of love. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I like, um, what you said there, you know, um, um, can you read that other part where you say the object were, were the object of his love? How, how did you word that again? Yeah, let me look real quick. Um, oh, the whole the whole thing was God did not create us to be a disappointment, but to be a object of his love. That part? Yes, that's it. And and because um, God is love, right? Mm-hmm. And and if God is love, then love is God. So every time you see that, that word love in, in scripture, you can just replace it with God because one and two are the same. Just like it says, God is glory. Yeah. Right. So if God is glory, he cannot give his glory to another because then it could no longer be God. Yeah. Right. Glory is who God is. Love is who God is. But love has to have an object, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. who did God choose to be the object of his love? Yeah. Well, us. Yeah. Right, we're the apple of his eye. We're we're the object of his love because love, love can't love nothing. Mm-hmm. Love needs an object. You have to love something, and God chose us to be the object of his love. So, in saying that God created us to fail, it it, it includes and is part and surrounded by his love for us because yeah. he wants us to live dependent on him. Yeah. Right, just like kids, we our, our kids have no problem being dependent upon mom and dad because mom and dad look out. It's so safe there. Mm-hmm. right and so it's a total that's why it just has me smiling this morning it's a great reminder that man we're i mean we have someone who's responsible for us right where we're allowed to fail yeah. right if you're struggling with your failure and beating yourself up over it then you're going against the grain of god then mm. because because he understands you're going to fail 
Yeah. Right? He, he knows you're going to fail. Um, we, we all need that reminder. I, I probably could, <laughs> I could use that reminder probably a hundred times in a day. It seems some days, right. Yeah, um, but it's because, um, um, we're still trying to take charge of our life. We, we still think we're responsible. And, and I said to you earlier, Noah, that today in, in, in our world today, and it's probably been like this for a while. Um, but we really teach independency at a very young age to be independent. Mm-hmm. Now, there, of course, there's there's a lot of ways where it's great to be independent. You know, I, I want my kids to be able to put their own clothes on and not depend on me for that. Right. right? I mean, that's something I want them to be independent on. But I think it's so ingrained in us that we really we really take that into our relationship with God, where yeah. we try to live independently of him because I want to grow up. Right. Exactly. And. and and but that's not it. Jesus chose dependency on the Father his whole life, yeah. right? He, he chose he chose dependency his whole life, and so we want to get back to that. Mm-hmm. We want to get back to living dependently on the Father every day because we want someone greater. We want someone who knows more. We want someone to be responsible, mm-hmm. like a child, you know feels protected and so safe with their mom and dad who's responsible that that's the way we want to wake up and live every day because there's such safety in that we're allowed to fail god understands that he's not this you know got this big hammer in his hand and he's ready to bonk you as soon as you fail Mm -hmm. you know what'd you do that for you idiot you know that i don't know what your god concept is out there but i promise you that is not it Mm -hmm. in fact in in uh um What's that scripture? I think it's Zephaniah chapter three, verse 17, where it says, God says, I rejoice over you with laughter and singing and dancing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and, and isn't that us as parents? Like when you see your kids having fun, smiling, doesn't it just create joy in you as a parent? Oh yeah, definitely. Right. Like it just makes you so happy. Like when I, when I see my kids laughing, even when I see my, my two daughters and, and my son kind of hanging out together and I hear them laughing all together, yeah. it just brings me such joy, you know? Yeah. And it just reminds me of that scripture that God's, I rejoice over you, mm. my people, with laughter, singing and dancing. Yeah. And, and that's the picture of God. And, and, and if that's the concept of God you have, you will trust him more. Mm-hmm. You won't, you won't beat yourself up over failure so much because you know, it's part of the plan. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It, um, it reminds me of the story of the cracked pot. You remember that story, Noah, about the cracked pot? Mm-hmm. And uh, do, do you mind if I take a little time to share it? Yeah, go ahead. On the podcast. But I, I, I've always loved this story. And I've shared it all around the world. And, and it's about this, uh, this water bearer in India. He was a water bearer. So he carried water. And, uh, and he had these, uh, these two large pot, pots and one, one hung on each end. So there's this pole that they carry. When I was in India, I, I saw it in the villages I went to. Some, some places still do it. So they have this pole that they carry like this. And on one end is one pot. And on the other end is the other pot. And they carry them up. They, so they go down to the river. And they fill up these pots and then they carry it back to the village. So this water bear in India had these two large pots and then each hung on each end of the pole, um, which he carried across his neck. And uh, one of the pots, though, had a crack in it. And the other pot, though, was perfect in every way. And, and it always delivered a full portion of water at the end of the long walk from the stream to the master's house. 
But the crackpot, he always arrived only half full. Hmm. And for a full two years, this went on daily, with the bearer delivering only one and a half pots full of water to his master's house. Of course, the perfect pot, he was proud of his accomplishments, perfect to the end for which he was made. <laughs> but the poor crackpot, he was ashamed of his own per imperfection, his flaws his weakness, and miserable that he was only able to accomplish only half of what he had been made to do. After two years of what he perceived to be a bitter failure, it spoke to the water bearer finally one day by the stream, and here's what the crackpot said. He said, I'm ashamed of myself, and I want to apologize to you, master. Why? asked the water bear, what are you ashamed of? Well, I've been only able for these past two years to deliver only half of my load because this crack in my side causes the water to leak out all the way back to your master's house. Because of my flaws, you have to do all of this work and you don't get full value from all of your efforts, the pot said to the water bear. Well, the water, bell, the water bearer felt sorry for this old crackpot. And in his compassion, he said to him, As we return to the master's house, I want you to notice the beautiful flowers along your side of the path. Indeed, as they went up the hill, the old crackpot took notice of the sun warming the beautiful wildflowers on the side of the path. And this cheered it a little. But at the end of the trail, it still felt bad because it had leaked out half its load. And so again, it apologized to the bearer for its bitter failure. Mm. And the bearer said to the pot, did you notice that there were flowers only on your side of the path, but not on the other pot's side? That's because I've always known about your flaw. Mm. And I took advantage of it. I planted flower seeds on your side of the path. And every day while we walk back from the stream, you've watered them. You've watered them. For two years, I've been able to pick these beautiful flowers to decorate my master's table. With, oh, excuse me. Without you being just the way you are, you would not have had this beauty to grace his house. Man, I think every time I share that, I tear up because it's such a beautiful story. And I think we all, we all feel that way, right? Yeah, because it shows God's in our failure. Absolutely. And he's with us in that. Yeah, and each of us, we all have our own unique flaws, right? We have our own unique weaknesses or where we feel like a failure. We're all cracked pots. Yeah. <laughs> Not crackheads, we're, we're all cracked pots. Yeah. But if we allow it, if, if we can allow it, the Lord will use our flaws and not use, I, I don't like that word, but God will work through our weaknesses to grace, to grace him and other people around us. Because in God's economy, nothing really goes to waste, does it? Yeah. And so I think, you know, we don't like to be vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we, we don't like to admit to weakness um, because we feel less than, I think. I think a lot of pe people feel, you know, if I show my weaknesses, if I'm vulnerable about it, it, it makes me feel less than. And, and maybe the world promotes that, Noah. Yeah, I agree. You know, 
the, the world might even promote that and, and, and they define success in a certain way. But, but man, Father God is the king of the upside down kingdom. What the world seems to promote, um, um, it, it's, he does a flip on it. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and so we, we really st- struggle with vulnerability, but I think it's a huge step to get to the place where we can allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But man, it's such a deeper step to embrace that vulnerability mm-hmm. and live in that on a daily basis. And I, I don't know if I'm there. Well, I probably know I'm not quite there yet, you know, but I, I really would like to get to that place where I embrace my vulnerability and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, like this story, you know, I, I, I think we all would love to believe that our fl- our flaws decorate the master's table with these beautiful flowers that, that, um, and, and we can be assured of that. Right. I mean, remember the story of Paul and, and, and maybe I'll, I'll finish cause I'd like you to wrap things up Noah, but, um, where, where the apostle Paul, he really struggled with this. And, and that's why I love the, the Bible is filled, not with these perfect people. That's what the Bible actually encourages me. I, I think some of us read the Bible and say, Oh yeah, yeah. But they were these very spiritual, perfect people, mm-hmm. but they weren't, you know? And, 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 and so I love the story where the apostle Paul says in one of his letters to the churches, he said, he said, I pleaded with God. And, and it, it, that's the word. That's the translation. It, just, it wasn't just prayed to God. I pleaded with God. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, Paul, like us, if you could just take this one thing, I could really serve you perfectly, Lord. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. And, uh, and, and so Paul, just like us, thinking these things, you know. And God says to Paul, he says, Paul, have you not yet learned? Do you not yet know that my grace is sufficient for you? Mm. My, my grace covers all of your flaws, all of your weaknesses, all of those areas where you feel like if this would be gone, you could just serve me perfectly. He yeah. says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Right. For every place you admit that you're weak, then I can be your strength. Yes, exactly. Amen right. to that. And so I, I really love that. And that, then Paul says, so I boast about my weaknesses, you know, and, and the more weaknesses you have, the more glory it brings to the Lord. Well, yeah. Right? And, I think, and I think that's, what's weird about this day and age. And a lot of people I talk to is we, we lost that somewhere along the way of to not talk about your weakness. And it's such a weird thing. If someone does talk about their weakness. Yeah. I don't know where that got lost in where we have to act like we're perfect and we don't fail. So then when we do fail and I see another brother or sister in Christ, that's not failing like I am. I then go back to comparing and go down that little rabbit trail. Yes, exactly. And it's, I guess, I guess my whole thing is what, what definition have we put on the word failure? And yeah, different for everybody. I, I think so, but I think there's still a general consensus that we all have an agreement around that because we're all feeling that same heavy feeling with it, right? Yeah. And and I really do think I just think it's the world we live in and what's promoted, mm-hmm. you know, um, and how the world defines success. It's different than how Lord the Lord, the Lord doesn't define success as having no flaws and no weaknesses. Yeah, exactly. Right? living righteously 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right. That, that's not, 
what, um, what righteousness is. Righteousness okay. is agreeing with God that Jesus has done it all. Mm -hmm. And I get to live in the safety and comfort and love knowing that he did it for me because I never could. Yeah. You know, and he never said I would. Right. <laughs> right? He said, Jesus, it, nowhere's in the Bible does it say that, that we overcome. Yeah. It says he overcame on our behalf. Yes. We're just tapping into that overcoming life in us. Mm -hmm. Right? It, it's safe there. It, it's full of love there. And so uh, my prayer for all of us and all of you who are listening um, to this podcast, my, my prayer for myself and just as I would pray for you is that we can come to that place where we embrace our weaknesses. We, we embrace our flaws mm -hmm. and realize that power is only perfected in weakness. Right. In fact, in Matthew 11, Jesus only calls the weak, right? Right. It didn't say, come unto me, all you who are strong, have it together, and got life all figured out. Yeah, perfect. all figured out, then come to me. <laughs> yeah. He says, come unto me, all you who are weak, weary, heavy-hearted, heavy burdened, then I'll give you rest. Exactly. Right? Because um, the call to Christianity is a call to weakness. My weakness for his strength. Yes. Exactly. Right? And so it's a safe place to be. So, yeah, I really love um, that thought that you wrote down, Noah. And I, it was, yeah, I probably should wrap things up here. But, but I, man, there's so much more to say. But I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation around that. Yeah, I mean, I think we could probably sit here and talk for hours about it because absolutely, <laughs> there's so much to talk about, and there's so many of us have different definitions of failure. Not saying all of us do, but I'm sure a lot of us struggle with the uh, the thought of failure and where does that come from? Absolutely. Because it usually, for me at least, it's held me back a lot, even in ministry, because I'm worried of failing because someone else has done it better. Like yeah. me, I'm not great with words. Like. It's, I have to very, very, like, think very strongly on what I'm going to say or because the words in my head are always scrambling. Yeah, yeah. So I have to be very careful with that. But then do I? No, yeah. I and, and, and that's one of the things I've, I've really, and you know this because I've mentioned it to you probably more than I need to. <laughs> but it's because I appreciate it so much is that, in that weakness or that flaw that you felt around that and mm -hmm. dyslexia and, and all of that is God communicates to you in a special way though. Right. And, 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 and you know, not everybody has that where, where right. you really hear from God and that's why, I mean, I mean, and you know it, mm -hmm. but that's God's gift to you because he, you know, he knew you struggled around, around all that it, it's it's how you were made it's how you were created you know mm -hmm. and uh and so there's a beauty in that yeah right? that and i know you've heard it from other people too i'm not the only one who said it but but um you know and i think you you've learned to embrace it you know um or at least be vulnerable with it yeah you know? i mean I, I definitely, when I was younger, I used to always think, oh, I want to be like the other people that can get up, open their Bible and read about Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I was so like jealous of people that had that. But now I'm not jealous of that because I can take a walk. I can sit here right now and learn about Jesus, just start talking to him. Yeah. So it's just different. You know, God, 
And that's the thing. That's, that's what I like about God so much because he is in everything. And just because I'm different, didn't mean he, oh, he's dyslexic. I don't know what to do. He can't read the Bible. What do I do? Yeah. I know what to do with Noah. So if you didn't have that, that weakness in your life, what would be driving you to God? Right. Right. I mean, it's consistent as we, as we read scripture in the, in the old Testament, when, when there was, when there was no flaws, nothing going on, everything was, you know, you know, peaceful. There is, you know, you know, everything was just going great. Mm -hmm. you know? Jolly good. You yeah, know, they, good. they forgot about their God and walked away. Yeah. Right. But when there was trials and tribulations, enemies on their doorstep, they remembered their God and it drove them back towards him. Yeah. And so if we don't have these things in our lives, we're no different than them. Well, what's driving us to God? So would you rather struggle with dyslexia and be driven to God mm -hmm. or, or not have dyslexia and not driven to God? Right. Exactly. Would you, dyslexia. Yeah. Would you rather have marriage struggles and be driven to God mm -hmm. or have no marriage struggles and not driven to God? Would, would you, would you rather struggle with homosexuality and be driven to God mm -hmm. or not have that not driven to God? Yeah. I mean, it's those things that, that drive us to God. And, and it's different uh, for everyone. Yeah. And so that's why Paul says, I'll boast all the more about my weaknesses mm -hmm. because it was the more things he had that he realized that drove him to God. Right. Right. So if you're feeling that way to today, man, like Paul, boast about him <laughs> because mm -hmm. you have more things that are driving you back to him. And all those things just act like the sheepdog nipping at your heels, mm -hmm. driving you back into the arms of the shepherd where it's exactly. safe. Yeah. It's comfortable. It's warm. And yeah. it's full of love. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to tell this one story and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. But you know, uh, Chad and I went to Australia, I think it was two years ago now, maybe three. Yeah, two, three years ago. Two, three years ago is when I really started into the ministry. Of course, we'd just do a trip like that right away. Yeah. It just really stressed me out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went there and the, the, the church asked us to, to do some teaching. And, you know, I, I came up with every idea of to stay away because I didn't want failure. Oh, right. I remember this. Yeah. So I came up with every excuse of why I couldn't go up there and preach. There's no way, Chad. There's, I'm not ready. I was just a painter a year ago. I can't do this. What do you, I'm just not prepared. I just went on this whole song and dance and I, and it worked. Uh, Chad did both sessions and I got out. <laughs> and I, was like, hey, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. I was so excited. But I was, that held me back so much in my failure then later in that day, after Chad did it, later in that day, I was kind of avoiding God, but, you know, he wasn't letting me have that. So he, he came to me and said, stop getting in the way of your failures. Let go of that. Right. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, man, you're so right. Like, I'm... I'm fighting against it this whole time. I need to just let go. Yeah. And let him take the take the wheel. Yeah. And the next town we got into, we another pastor, of course. Oh, let's talk at our church. I'm like, great. You know, I start sweating before <laughs> I could even say no out of my mouth. I said, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. I was like, thanks, God. So then, but you know, then I went up there and 
I was praying to God the whole time, like, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? And he wanted me to tell my testimony. And I said, well, my testimony is pretty uh, sticky in some situations of church. <laughs> Are you sure, God, you want me to do that? And he said, it yes. may not be a safe story for your church. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This might not be a safe story. Yeah. And he said, tell it all. And, you know, I did that. And it, what it really taught me was, one, can you really fail when God's in it? Like my definition of failing, failing was so wrong. And well, so, yeah. yeah, and so when I did it, I, I was looking around the room, like, and you look at people's faces when you're talking, and you're like, oh, no, that person hates me. Okay, that person disagrees with me. Okay, I'm being judged with that person. <laughs> it's so funny what you do, and I'm always wrong when I do that. Because as soon as it got done, I had five or six people come up and the people that I thought were judging me came up and just said, man, that really, really touched me. And that really helped and really made sense and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. yeah, I remember because you had a whole whole pile of people coming to say how much they enjoyed you. And, and I think I, God gave me one person. Yeah, I think I remember humble you. <laughs> yeah i was i if you weren't going to share that part of the story i was because i remember that that next it was the very next town yeah. and we were in that church setting and and well we were in a church but we we're in that yeah. church setting and god says you're speaking and i remember and, and because i was right beside you i mean it really really ministered to people and so if imagine if you didn't if you didn't embrace that vulnerability or at least allow yourself to be vulnerable mm -hmm. and let God work through what you felt were flaws and weaknesses yeah. and problems, you know, that, that God could minister through you because of it. Mm -hmm. Then look at it. Look at, at the people who wouldn't have been ministered to and encouraged that night. Yeah, exactly. Right. right? I mean that, that at the end of the day, that's, I mean, that's the goal, right? It, it's, mm -hmm. it's to minister to people. It's to encourage people to, to maybe to be a vessel of healing through which God can work through yeah. to, to heal other people, right? That you're around. Yeah. And, and not saying that happens every time that Chad and I went out and God told us to share something. I mean, Chad and I have been hammered by churches. We've been hammered by people that, um, you know, say we're saying things wrong or we need to go more into religion you know we've been hammered yeah but i enjoy that too because god's in that and i don't want everyone to i don't want to go into a place and have everyone agree to us you know what at, at this point at this point in in, in ministry and, and ministering to people, I actually get more nervous now when everybody does agree with me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like when people disagree, at least I know, that, okay, the enemy's at work here. Something really good must be happening, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, tongue-in-cheek a little bit when I say that, everybody. Yeah, no, but, no. But, but at the, you know, I, I actually, I, I'm kind of at that place now where, where I used to hate it when people disagree, but it just showed – um, you know, the strength I was putting in my own self and, and mm -hmm. I didn't want anybody to rock my belief system, you know, where now it, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it really doesn't matter. And, and like I said to you, I don't know if I said this in the last podcast, no, or if it was just a conversation with you, but, but man, you know, when you have somebody speak and you don't like it, you, you don't have to chew it and swallow it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's no different than on my plate, man. When, when my mom put liver down, 
I didn't like it. I just put that off to the side. I didn't right. need it. I ate everything else that really ministered to me, you know, mm -hmm. that I really liked, you know. But um, at the end of the day, if it's not speaking to you, don't swallow it. Yeah. You know, yeah. either it was never for you or it wasn't for you yet. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, and I think that's why, I mean, I know we're kind of going over here, but that's why I like when we do travel and teach together because people, the people you teach to, or people maybe I've, you know, would never listen to me and it's oh. vice versa. Absolutely. But, you know, they kind of get two different looks on things. And when we went to Brazil, when it was all three of us, Tim, yourself, and, and me, it was, it was kind of a cool system. It was because, because it, the way that we shared through our unique selves, our unique temperaments, mm -hmm. you know, ministered to, to different temperaments out, out there, you know? I mean, I, I learned that a long time ago. And I, I remember I was in a place with your dad and uh, we both spoke and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, and your dad made me speak. Cause I'm like, I'm not speaking when you're here. There's yeah, no yeah. way people yeah, here for you, man. Yeah. People didn't ask me to sign a book because I don't have any books. Yeah. You know, they want to hear from the author, yeah. not, not the sidekick. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I said, I'm just the sideshow here, man. But your dad made me speak anyway. And so over that weekend I, I did, and I had people coming up to me and said, man, I just can't relate to that other guy. You know, people who didn't know your dad, you know, I, but man, what you shared and, and in my head, I'm thinking, Oh, come on. I could listen to Michael Wells 24 hours a day, seven days a week, yeah. you know, and, and it, and it kept happening. So I saw the wisdom and what your dad was doing with me when I first started um, doing this, you know, mm -hmm. traveling and ministry when I first oh, started yeah. traveling and your dad graciously took me along with him. Yeah. You no. Know? And it's really true. And, and just our trip to Brazil even proved that again, mm -hmm. right? Yes, that yes. Um, God, man, if he can speak through a donkey, then he can speak through me and you, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so he can be, speak through a donkey to, to talk to people. He can definitely speak through us, yeah. you know, to, to minister to others. So, yeah. yeah. So if yeah, you think so that's hold you back, stop it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to make it a full circle, failure is to me, not a bad thing. No, it's not. You know, it's actually a really good thing that God gave us that. Yeah. I mean, um, it's funny, you know, Noah, we, we have a doctrine for everything. Mm -hmm. Doctrine of the Holy Spirit, doctrine of God, doctrine of judgment, doctrine of righteousness. But we don't have a doctrine of failure. Mm -hmm. Right? We, we, don't, we don't have a, I mean, you look in the theology books, there's no doctrine of failure. And, and there's, all, there's one really big problem with that we all fail. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so if you don't have a doctor to failure and you fail, what do you do with that? What do you do? Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's what we learned from Peter from, from the disciple Peter that we didn't learn from Judas. See, both of them failed. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, Jesus said to Peter before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me three times. Yeah. And Judas he was a big failure because he gave Jesus up. He gave the son of God up to the Romans. Right. Right. Now, but we look at the two of them, Judas failed and, and hung himself. He killed himself. Mm. Peter, Peter failed and he went on to start the church. Mm. Right. And it's grown ever since. So what did we learn from, from the disciple Peter that we never learned from Judas? 
Well, here's what we learn. If you're prepared for failure, if you have a doctrine of failure, if you've worked that out and you're prepared for it when it comes, mm -hmm. right, then you're not going to beat yourself up. Yeah. Right? You're not going to knock yourself. You're not going to, you know, wallow around in self-pity and guilt. Yeah. Right? Because you knew it. It's part of the Christian walk. It's part of the, for the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. right? Because you had a doctrine of failure. And you'll go on and, and, and God will work through that. And like the story of the cracked pot. You'll be decorating these beautiful flowers at his table yeah. because his glory will be revealed through your weaknesses and your vulnerability. So we need to have a doctrine of failure in yeah. this Christian life, in this life period. Well, yeah, and failure is, what do you call it? Um, I can't think of the word now. It's gone. <laughs> that happens to you too? <laughs> oh yeah. I'm a failure at that too. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. So all right, well, thanks Chad for us running through that together. That was fun. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me again. No, I'm I'm really uh it's encouraging to me. I, I hope it encourages you all who are listening in, but it, it encourages me to talk around these things and um uh, and yeah, no and I are going to try and do this a little more often now and, and, um, and have conversations around these things in hopes that it really does encourage you and encourages you today, at least, to embrace your vulnerability, yeah. to know that, uh, that God isn't uh, beating you up because of your weaknesses. He, God doesn't use you despite your weaknesses. He works through you because of your weaknesses. Yes. Amen to that. All right. Thanks for listening. And... We'll get back to you soon. Yes, thank you. All right, bye.